Make Me Laugh. Welcome to Make Me Laugh, the comedy podcast driven by listener inputs. Now, the best thing about MML is quite obvious. It's a listener. And the one that we in particularly love is my friend Tommy with his DBQ score of 50 to review. We all know he's not really a 50. He might average out to a 50, but he's the type of person that presents those that know him with somewhat of a dichotomy. Tommy is simultaneously a great friend and also presents a grave danger. I mean, how can someone be a great friend and simultaneously basically be a pariah on society? Well, it's actually quite common. You might encounter someone that's fun to go out with and party with, and you might think, wow, they're really cool, and then you pull out your little book where you keep the numbers of all those prostitutes, drug dealers, and televangelists that you're associated with. Not the book that you keep the, uh, you also keep the DBQ scores of your primary associates in. And I say, you know, just for example, say you went to a fun event with Tommy, a game, a show, a concert, and you book him at a DBQ score of yeah, around 11. These go to 11. Tommy goes to 11. Now, how tired is that trope, 11? Now, no disrespect to the great Christopher Guest, but I would say let's get some new cliches going, folks. So anyway, you book Tommy at a DBQ of 11. Then the next thing you know, Tommy's all up in your face trying to get you to buy a timeshare, trying to get to part with your hard-earned money to participate in this scam timeshare. And being a highly intelligent MML listener, you immediately ratchet that Tommy DBQ up to a 99C. That's how I have Tommy right now sitting at a 50. You know, people get upset. Pete, it's disgusting that you've rated these people, your supposed friends and relatives. Really? Like I said, we rate everything else in society. Spend hours rating people on different platforms. Now I want to rate people on the DBQ scale and I'm some kind of monster. Go ahead, go down the Instagram, TikTok rabbit holes. Spend your days curating your profile and your nights checking your likes and follows. I'll be over here at MML at the studio just curating comedy content, drinking copious amounts of coffee, and screaming into the microphone. So please send me a note, and I can, if I know you, which I know a lot of you, I will let you know your DBQ rating. And trust me, I have rated everyone I know from the family member all the way to the man that tried to set his mulch on fire in a home near me. That's right, mulch on fire, right across the street. You know, the popular thing to do is to have a landscaper come and lay down fresh, dry mulch on your property. And then before you bed down for the evening, you just fire your cigarette butt in there. And then Pete Z discovers the next morning with his family when they look out the window that your fucking mulch bed is smoldering and about to catch the whole fucking yard and property on fire. And then Pete Z does the neighborly thing, goes and investigates with family members, rings your fucking doorbell about 50 fucking times. And then finally, after the fire department shows up, 
alerted by PZ and friends. Uh, you still don't come to the door. And then when you finally do, you stare in amazement and shock and wonder at what the fuck is going on. <laughs> do you ever consider peering out your window and seeing and hearing the fucking sirens and doorbells? <laughs> Fucking dumbass. That's all 100% true, folks. I'm offering a brief, somewhat incoherent summary. I apologize. The gentleman who will remain unnamed has a DBQ score of 100, the highest mark you can get. And that's why I brought the story up in the first place. DBQ 100. They're out there, folks. Watch out for them. Five. The. Fives today uh, from Graham H. in the Sierra Nevadas. Five things to bring to a wedding. Number one, knives. Isn't it lovely to gift a set of steak knives to the newlyweds and simultaneously know that if a fight breaks out, you'll be ready? (laughs) Number two thing to bring to uh, to a wedding. A good set of contractor-grade Carhartt work pants. They'll come in handy if there's a murder scene at the event, which uh, is a 90% chance if the nuptials are held in Dayton. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Third thing to bring to a wedding, pepper spray. Keep handy in case you are accosted by one of those slutty bridesmaids. (laughs) That's not, you know, that's not nice. That's just punching down at these bridesmaids who have spent damn near a fortune for this stupid dress that they're going to wear once. Fourth thing to bring to a wedding, a quart of blood from a social media influencer. Offer it as a wedding gift. If the blood is not accepted, sell it on eBay. It's a (laughs) win-win. Fifth and final thing to bring to a wedding from Graham, cut-rate liquor. Always be prepared to whip out some cheap booze if things get boring at the reception. Trust me. Serve one-fifth of Floyd's secret kerosene, and you'll have to call the cops in less than 90 minutes. <laughs> that is true. You, you liquor up some people, and you're liable to get some uh, controversial behavior. I've seen it at weddings. I've seen the uh, law enforcement authorities be summoned, and it ain't pretty, particularly when <laughs> they have to uh, subdue one of the wedding party members uh, the groom in one case. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break. Mail, 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 mail. Rolling into mailbag today, and I will just preface this by saying it's going to be good. Uh, here's the email. Pete, it's come to my attention that I can basically get any information I want from podcasts. I'm into music big time, and you rarely talk about music on MML. Any chance... You can switch formats or at least have a music segment. Carla Z in Dayton. A lot of Dayton people, Dayton references this week. Don't get it, don't know. It's all connected somehow, but I haven't figured it out. Carla, you're saying I don't know about music? You're saying Pete Z doesn't understand how to analyze songs? Let me just respond to this mockery of an email with some hard facts. In 1986, the band Genesis, fronted by Phil Collins, how you front a band as a drummer at the same time is a mystery, kind of, but he did it. 
Anyway, 1986, Genesis releases the album Invisible Touch, okay? A long time ago. Now, the title track, Invisible Touch, has the following lyrics, and I'm going to take my time because this is important stuff. The song opens up with the line, well, I've been waiting, waiting here so long, okay? Now, this is a typical intro line painting the picture of a despondent soul that has some moving tale to share in the form of song. This is part of the song's hook, and I don't mean from the standpoint of the melody. I mean the lyric that hooks you into the story. What's going on with this main character? Continuing, the lyrics read, But thinking nothing, nothing could go wrong. Oh, now I know. Now? The despondent soul from the first line was also unsuspecting, and now they're foreshadowing something went wrong, some calamity about to happen. Here we go with the next line. She has a built-in ability. Okay? She. Take note of that. Of course there's a femme fatale. Only this one has a built-in ability. Hmm. Sounds a little like an automation to me. You think Phil Collins... And his bandmates were just sitting down there in Australia drinking Fosters and making shit up? Don't be naive. Continuing. To take everything she sees, okay? Everything she sees. That's the next line. This is 86 when this came out. But that sounds like an automated sensor that has a built-in ability to ingest, take everything it sees, Every piece of information that sensor observes. The next line. And now it seems I'm falling, falling for her. Okay, here we go. The protagonist, i.e. society, is falling for her. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like an unhealthy addiction. I.e., if you don't think this song by Genesis... Why do you think they named the band Genesis? Huh? It certainly wasn't so they could write a bunch of songs, you know, denying the JFK assassination, the moon landing, or the fact that slavery existed in the U.S. <laughs> there was a reason they called it Genesis. Okay, back to the song. She seems to have an invisible touch, yeah. And this is where we get real, the invisible touch. Uh, we don't know. Is this a reference to... Adam Smith's invisible hand from economic theory, or is this something even more nefarious? The next line, she reaches in and grabs right hold of your heart. And I apologize for my, <laughs> my singing attempts, but this is just more addiction. She's grabbing right hold of your heart. Pete, this is a love story. Really? Go watch the video of the song. Then come back and tell me this is some boy meets girl story. It's not. She seems to have an invisible touch, yeah. They starts to repeat over and over. There's a reason the songs repeat. They get into your head. It takes control and slowly tears you apart. Huh? Slowly. A slow burn. You start to see? Decades. And decades later, after this song was released, nobody sees it until Pete Z sees it, right? The true story. Carla, with the email, you still thinking MML doesn't know music? 
You can go back and listen to your fucking Katy Perry album. I'll be over here breaking down how the band Genesis foreshadowed the rise of the internet, the rise of machine learning, and the age of the self-learning algorithm, okay, Carla? You go check your fucking social media. Never mind those silly little boys from Australia filming a, quote, music video that actually looks like it was shot at, hang, uh, at fucking Area 51. It's online. Look at, look at the video. Back to the song. Well, I really don't get her. I only know her name. <laughs> That's terrible. Okay, can this get any more obvious what Genesis is? This is basically Phil Collins sounding a warning, folks. You only know her name. Whose name are we talking about here? Seems to be some nebulous yet ubiquitous female character. Who could Genesis be referring to here? Because the only characters I know that fit this description are Alexa and Siri. You see where this is going? Sorry, Cortana. You didn't make the fucking cut here. And the next line is, but she crawls under your skin. And this is where they took it too far. This is where the government or some other shadow organization stepped in. Because what they're talking about is implanting chips in humans, crawling under your skin. Yep. Yep. You never saw it before. But now, the next line, you're never quite the same. And now I know. Obviously, you're not the same. Because what Phil Collins told us was now you're addicted. And too bad, because you got computer sensors from this shadow organization embedded in your body. And now you're under constant surveillance. The next line, she's got something you just can't trust, you think? <laughs> next line, something mysterious. <laughs> just a little bit mysterious. Okay, folks? Now, you can say whatever you want. You can say that Phil Collins and his Genesis mates predicted the future of this planet in 1986, almost 40 years ago. You think that it just happens that Phil Collins encountered major health problems and issues in the past 15 years? Oh, no, that's just a coincidence. Look at the music video for Invisible Touch. They're in an unmarked hangar. Phil Collins is wearing a strange trench coat. He's singing into a drumstick. You think that just happens? Do you think that if Phil Collins was in his sane mind that he would make a mistake a drumstick? for a fucking microphone he's a professional musician you can't make this stuff up and yet here we go pete you're just conflating this whole genesis thing carla i'm not conflating i'm scared and i'm also shocked that the word conflating is in the act out voices vocabulary fuck you pete <laughs> and at one point in the video Go watch it. It's, it's amazing. Phil Collins aims a small uh, video recorder into his jacket pocket, into the inside pocket of the jacket. And you know what? They show all the footage that he films in that video with the little camera. They show it all in the music video except that one shot. Do you think that's a coincidence? Phil Collins has never revealed what was in his pocket. 
but he has suffered greatly from a wide variety of physical ailments, ailments that I haven't seen befall some of the other music artists. And yet we're supposed to believe that this is just some fun-loving musicians from down under. Now, toward the end of the video, Phil Collins starts making these really weird motions, almost like he's ground-guiding an aircraft with the drumsticks slash microphone, whatever it is. Does that seem a little out of place for a music video, for a song that went to the top? I think it went to number one in the U.S. I don't recall U2 or The Weeknd or Rihanna in their videos making motions that would direct an aircraft or a spacecraft. I don't know what he's doing. We'll never know. Because it's a fucking fact that Phil Collins will never perform again. Why? Oh, he's too old. Old? The Rolling Stones are old. Some of these other drugged-out bands are still out there going. Not Genesis, not Phil. Why? Because he knew too much. He knew all the shit that was going to go down. He knew it all the way back in 1986, and the government or a corporation or some shadow conglomerate shut his ass down at the very last possible second. Why do you think the last show they ever played was March 2022? Last performance ever. Why? It's very simple. Because they were afraid he'd rip down the fucking mask. He gave us the fucking code that I just broke down for you. Go, listen, read the lyrics. Read the fucking lyrics. You see what's happening? All Phil Collins was saying was that we're being dumbed down by TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, dumb way, way, way down until we're so dumb that we tear ourselves apart, destroyed from within. There won't be one single shot fired. The only shots fired you're going to see is from some fucking domestic terrorist idiots and some clown who has an accidental discharge in the uh, middle of Walmart because he had to show how tough he was by open carrying. You know, the total cost to take down free societies is probably about $200 million on my estimate back of the envelope for cloud hosting and algorithm development. They don't even supply the content. They don't even need to build the content for this stuff. The users supply all the content to it. All they have to do is have the algorithm to serve it up and the IQ levels drop and drop and the DBQ scores go up and up. And that concludes my musical analysis for the day, Carla. Hopefully that meets with your expectations. Pete Z. Sounds like... Anyway, it blows my mind that people will concoct these elaborate conspiracies. You know, the one about the doctor who nobody heard of for 45 years, working for the government, doing some boring-ass research on epidemics quietly. Then we have a pandemic, and now he's the fucking devil. Some huge conspiracy that's been going on for over four decades all across many administrations. That's a long time to fucking bide your time as a fucking sleeper cell. Yeah, people buy into that. The whole deep state ruse, you know, was apparently the last seven presidents were in on it and their entire administrations just fucking rolled with it. And yet here at MML, we come up with the mother of all 
conspiracies that I just walked through. I just sounded the fucking warning of what's going on. They're dumbing it down bit by bit, clip by clip, like by like. They named the fucking album Invisible Touch. Nothing to see here, Invisible. We're just going to release a, a single that'll go to the top of the charts with a catchy little keyboard riff and some throwaway lyrics, and we'll get away with it because we put it all in plain sight. And then 20 years later, it was 2006. All right, guess what? Slowly tears you apart. Sound familiar? The dramatic ascension of the internet, mobile devices. Then we come to 2023, and the rest is history. Quick break, right back. Heavy stuff for a comedy show, I know, but the uh, <laughs> it has to be told. The stories have to be told. These PZ sounds like are coming in from Torpedo Tarzan. Really? Again, folks, just use your name or come up with something a little bit more clever than Torpedo Tarzan. Number one, PZ sounds like a man who attempts to sue his boss for defamation. When it is clear that any jury in the world will agree the boss accurately characterized Pete Z as having a DBQ score of 100, Pete should be caned. <laughs> There's no caning allowed in the free world. Wait, is there? Number two, Pete Z sounds like the guy who thinks the government implanted listening devices in his house. Dude, wake up. There is no government in the world that cares about the crap you were spewing. <laughs> Pete Z sounds like a man who proudly applauds the team member that has just returned with takeout from Wendy's for the whole team. <laughs> that would be great. I haven't eaten at a Wendy's in years. I kind of, I just, fast food, just, no. I can't, no. I, you know, I think what it was is I went there to some of these fast food outfits, probably, 15, 20 years ago and, and realized I feel like shit after I eat that stuff. PZ sounds like a man who enters the American Eagle store and the staff immediately alerts security to, quote, please get this creep out of here. <laughs> Thank you very much, Torpedo Tarzan. Right back to finish. And to put a bow on this thing, thanks to those who provided the inputs, the show is not possible without good inputs. Great coffee and the garrulous folks here at the MML Studios just outside of New Freiken, if you know where that is. If you like the show, consider sending in a five for curation, pzcomedy at gmail. Don't cost a damn thing. Also, if you don't mind, please let your pals know about the old MML show. Oh. And keep your fucking forearms in shape. It'll really pay the dividends, folks. You never know when you'll need to grab a microphone. Or is it a drumstick? Or are they one and the same? It's something mysterious. And it's something you just can't trust. Don't like to come back in after the outro, but it was warranted today. We went to... Uh, Go ahead and edit this uh, down in GarageBand, this episode. And guess what? When we converted it um, back to the bar notation in uh, GarageBand, guess how long the episode was? 
666 bars. I'm not kidding, exactly. Okay, so we're recording this, it's gonna bump it up above that. Um, but man, you talk about creepy. That's creepy. So if you think that I'm just making all this shit up just to be funny, think again. <laughs>